the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Before moving to Decatur, Jeannie and Jonathan and I lived in a small brick house on a corner in Tampa, just a few blocks from our church. Not only was it super convenient for both work and our son's school, but I also came that it found that it provided a unique and a fascinating vantage point from which to observe humanity. You see, our dining room used to be a porch, so there were windows on three sides of the room. So whether sitting there on a Saturday morning drinking coffee or eating dinner on any given evening, there was always something going on at this particular intersection worth watching. Most of the time, unfortunately, it was people running through the stop signs and causing accidents. But there was one particular Saturday when I saw a man have an existential crisis like nothing I had ever seen before. You see, earlier that day, someone had driven over the manhole in the middle of the intersection at just the right angle and had caused the manhole cover to pop off. Now, when I came home and realized that I didn't have a crowbar or anything that I needed to put the cover back on, I called the police and they said that an officer would be dispatched to check it out. So after seeing that there was no real danger of a car getting into a wreck because of the cover, I decided to go inside and wait in my dining room where I could see when the police officer would arrive and also keep an eye out for kids or other pedestrians who might get a little too curious. Now by this time it was getting pretty dark. And as you might expect, many cars didn't see the loose cover in the road. They just kind of flew right over it, causing a little clank as the manhole cover rattled on the pavement. Other cars saw the hole. They kind of slowed down and carefully maneuvered their vehicle around it. But then something happened. This big black SUV came flying down the road and ran over that cover dead on. The car continued for about 50 feet and stopped really quickly. I could tell by the flash of the reverse lights that the driver had shifted into park. But then he shifted back into drive, and then shifted back into park. The man got out of the SUV, looked all around him to see if anybody was watching outside, then ran back to that manhole cover, peered down the dark hole, looked around, and walked back to his car. He made it about halfway back when suddenly he turned around and walked back to the manhole cover. I could tell at this point the wheels were really starting to turn in his head. <laughs> Again, he looked down into the hole, walked back to his car, but then something clicked because he turned around, ran to the manhole cover, tried to lift it real quickly, realized he couldn't do anything, ran back to his car, then sped away. It was fascinating to watch. In case you're wondering, the police showed up about two minutes later to fix the manhole cover. But I wondered since then, how many times have we found ourselves in a similar situation like that? Trying to decide whether to do the thing we know is the right thing to do, or to just go along our way and try to forget about the problem that's at hand. I can't imagine the mental agony that must have been going through that man's head trying to make that decision. Remember, it was pitch dark at this point, so there was no one, he thought, who could see what he was doing. And I still wonder if he would even stopped his car in the first place, 
If this event happened in the middle of the day, when people were out walking their dogs and cars were driving around, instead of in the dark at night. Throughout the fourth gospel, there are numerous references to light and to darkness. And everything that John writes points to the fact that this light, this divine light that came into our hopelessly dark world, was none other than the word of God made flesh in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. In the gospel reading this morning, we hear a conversation between Jesus and a curious man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is an interesting character because not only is he a Pharisee, a prominent leader in the Jewish community, but he's also fighting his own inner battle over whether or not he believes that Jesus is the true Messiah. And in keeping with John's themes of light and dark, we hear that Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. It's not only because he's no doubt afraid to meet with Jesus in the open daylight, where someone might see him and question his Jewish faithfulness, but perhaps more importantly, we can view Nicodemus as one emerging from the night, this darkness of unknowing, and being drawn to the one true light of God. Nicodemus opens their conversation with a seemingly simple statement. We know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. But as he's soon to find out, there is much more to Jesus and to God's plan than simply doing signs and performing miracles. Jesus begins to tell Nicodemus about the kingdom of God using this beautiful and poetic imagery of being born from above and the wind blowing all around. And is good for us because Nicodemus asks all those clarifying questions that we're all thinking but aren't necessarily comfortable asking ourselves. How can anyone be born after having grown old? How can these things be? And rather than refuting or condemning Nicodemus's questioning of God's plan, Jesus sees Nicodemus probably like he sees many of us here in this room. We live our lives in a world that, for the most part, continues to live in the darkness. Like Nicodemus, our faith, our love of God is genuine and heartfelt. But oftentimes we restrict our faith with too many boundaries, causing ourselves to remain spiritually young and immature. It's very easy, it's very easy for us to experience the light of God on a Sunday morning when we're gathered inside this beautiful building, surrounded by the beauty of light streaming through the stained glass windows and the life of our brothers and sisters in Christ sitting next to us. But what happens when we step outside into the blinding sun of the greater world at large? Do we allow this light to illumine our world and recognize that it shines equally on every child of God, regardless of their color, nationality, or social status? Or do we simply close our eyes to that brightness and put on our sunglasses to shield the world from seeing our own insecurities and fears of the unknown or what our friends and neighbors might think of us? Jesus calls each and every one of us to be born from above. 
We've already experienced spiritual rebirth from water and the Spirit through our baptism. But it's up to us to allow God into our hearts and lives so that those gifts we are given can continue to grow and blossom. So we can become fully mature Christians who are no longer afraid to live our lives in the full light and radiance of God's kingdom. So I challenge us all this during the season of Lent to look for those dark places in our lives. Where are the shadows that we retreat to when we find our spiritual lives feeling a little too exposed in the world? As we continue to approach Easter and anticipate the risen Christ, come out of that darkness and live your life in the light. Like Nicodemus, come to Jesus at whatever stage of life you're in. Come to him with all your questions and all your doubts. And open your eyes to behold the one true light who did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Amen.